Today we join Pastor Greg's message already in progress. And went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into a house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed, notice this, is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is it to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Notice verse number 46, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, from this point forward, all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. And notice what she says. She says, and holy. She says, holy is his name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to kind of look into scripture and to really to discover for ourselves all, all over again what makes this certainly one of the most wonderful times of the year. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to every heart here. I pray that you'll encourage us. But Lord, I pray that you'll challenge us. Challenge us, us as, we, as we go through this season that we might have uh, our focus exactly where it needs to be. And certainly, Lord, I pray that if there's somebody in this room or somebody that's listening online that has never trusted Christ as their Savior, God, that's my deepest and greatest prayer this morning, is that people would come before your throne and that they would call out, on the name of the Lord, for the forgiveness of sin, and that they would begin to have a new relationship with you through your Son. Lord, I pray that you'll bless now the message. Lord, I pray that my words would be honoring to you. And God, certainly that you would use it all for your glory. And we give you the praise in advance for what you'll do. And it's in Jesus' precious name that we do pray, and for his sake, amen and amen. Well, if you look back in verse number 39... We'll see right away, and we can actually take note and celebrate a lot of different things that are taking place in this passage. But for the sake of this morning, I just want us to simply suggest that based on what the Bible says here, Christmas is the most wonderful time of year because it's a time to worship. It's the most wonderful time of year because it's a time to worship. In fact, if you look in Luke 1, look down in verse number 42. We read back, we kind of scooted right beyond it, but look in verse number 42, because when Mary arrives at her cousin's house, notice what Elizabeth actually says. She says, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, and whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord, she says, should come to me. So she already understands. That the baby that Mary is carrying is her Lord. It's amazing to me, but notice on in verse 44. It says, for, uh, for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation, as soon as I heard your voice, in other words, she says, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And if you notice in verse uh, 42, Elizabeth is actually repeating the words that the angel Gabriel said to Mary all the way back in verse number 28. When he said, and the angel came unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. So she's basically repeating what the angel has already told to Mary. 
But then in verse 44, she she declares that as soon as she hears her voice, think about this, folks, the baby leaps in her womb. And I know what you're thinking. If you're out there and you've ever carried a child, you say, that's nothing new. Every one of those babies that, you know, every one of these babies we had were leaping in my belly left and right. This was an unexpected, sudden leap for joy. It was something that was so significant that it caught Elizabeth off guard. And so here's the crazy, this is the way my mind thinks. Think about this. The unborn child of Zacharias and Elizabeth, who we refer to later on as John the Baptizer or John the Baptist, right, jumps for joy. Think about this. He jumps for joy and gladness, not because of Mary's presence, not because uh, his mother's cousin is here. He jumps for joy because God's son, because the Messiah, because Jesus Christ the righteous is in his presence, right? And so he jumps for joy. And what's crazy to me is in this scene you have an unborn baby worshiping an unborn baby. You ever think about that? Unborn baby jumping for joy over an unborn baby. Oh, Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of year. And I put in my notes, if all I were to do was to share that and say, amen, let's pray, other than you saying amen and be like, man, this is the shortest service ever. That's all I'd have to share. That's the only only thing I have to share to remind us all that it's the most wonderful time of the year. But let's read on. Let's read on. Look down at verse 46. Because God's word actually says that Mary also worships and praises God for what he was about to do. Look at verse 46. The Bible says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. The word magnify means to make great, to extol, to praise, or to celebrate. So Mary says, My soul is celebrating God. How amazing is it? We got an unborn baby celebrating God. We got Mary celebrating God. Read on. It says, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and verse 47, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Now, Dina could recite those words because she sang them so many times in our plays over the years, right? But think about it all the way back in Scripture. Mary is magnifying and rejoicing in what God is about to do. It's amazing to me. Mary says her soul is magnifying and Her spirit is rejoicing. But what's amazing to me and a reminder to all of us is who is she magnifying and who is she rejoicing over? Look back at the text, verse 46. She says, my soul doth magnify who? The Lord. And she says in verse 47, and my spirit rejoices in who? In God my Savior. Oh, we got we to remind ourselves it's the most wonderful time of the year. Flip over one page, if you need to, to Luke chapter 2. Because here's where we find out immediately after Jesus' birth, right, the angels declare the incarnation of God's only Son. And so, and, and what you'll see is they begin to give Him praise. So look down in verse number 10 of Luke chapter 2. In verse number 10, notice the angel himself begins to proclaim. He says, fear not. In verse number 10, For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now look at verse number 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And so 
That's what it says immediately. And so imagine yourself as a shepherd out in the field at night. And the angel of the Lord descends and says, hey, don't be afraid. I got some good news for you. I think you'd be a little bit afraid. I think you'd be a little bit afraid. But notice what happens next. Many times we gloss over what happens next. Look back at verse 13. In verse 13 of the passage, the Bible says, And suddenly, unexpectedly, and instantly, and suddenly, watch the word, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. What, what are they doing? Praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Although to many, Jesus would have seemed like a little helpless baby boy, this army of angels descends from on high, descends from heaven. This army of angels descends in worship. They descend in worship. That's why it's the greatest time, the most wonderful time of the year, because it's a time to worship. We see worship all throughout the scriptures. Listen, they descend in worship to honor the newborn Prince of Peace. They descend in worship to give Mary and Joseph complete assurance of their baby's glory, of their baby's excellency, and of their baby's supremacy as God of very God. They descend in worship to teach these shepherds. By the way, they descend to teach the shepherds what to think and actually what to say, because if you know the rest of the story, guess who the first soul winners are after Jesus is born? The shepherds. The shepherds, they go out and they start proclaiming what just took place. And so the angels are actually teaching the shepherds what they're going to do. Oh, yes, I put down in my notes that the light of the world had come amidst the darkness of the night. He broke the darkness and came into this world to bring us life and light to the angels my friends, this event would have been something that was not only important to be declared in heaven, but it was important that it should be declared and proclaimed on earth. And this year at Christmas, I think God still says it's something that not only needs to be known in heaven, it's something that needs to be known on earth, which is why some people uh, get upset, you know, with the happy holidays, happy holidays. And hey, I like good music just like anybody else, but it's okay to say Merry Christmas because it's the greatest time of the world. Listen, and I'm not going to be ugly about it, but man, we ought to be celebrating Christ at Christmas. I'm glad you agree. Everything had been seen and heard the shepherds also. Look down in verse number 20 of chapter 2. After everything that they had heard and after everything that they had seen, the shepherds actually also praised God too. Verse 20 says that they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. And look down, keep moving down to verse 25. Because not only do we have an unborn baby worshiping, we have Mary worshiping, we have angels worshiping, we have the shepherds worshiping, but now look at verse number 25. The Bible says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. In other words, that's a long phrase to just basically say he was waiting for the Messiah. He's waiting for the Messiah, right? And it says, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And in verse number 27, look at it. In verse number 27, the Holy Spirit leads Simeon to the temple, right? And so what's interesting to me, and I've looked at this before, God gives us direction at the exact time we need him to give us direction. 
right? The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, leads Simeon to the temple. Coincidence? At the same exact time that Mary and Joseph are bringing the baby Jesus according to the law to the temple. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Look at what verse 28 says. As soon as, they, as soon as he sees them, look at verse 27. It says, And he came by the Spirit in the temple, and when their parents brought the child Jesus uh, to do for him after the custom of the law, verse 28, Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. In this moment, think about this, guys. In this moment, Simeon, this is the moment he's long waited for. The Holy Spirit had told him, said, listen, you just keep doing what you're doing because you're not going to die until you see the Lord's salvation. It was a long time. Uh, by the way, I was saying in Bible study, before the angel appears to Zacharias, it's been 400 years since the prophet Malachi or any divine revelation from God concerning the prophecy of Christ. It's a long time. It's been, been about a minute, as they say in today's culture. And Simeon is led by the Holy Spirit of God to go to the temple and look at verse 28. It says, then he took him up in his arms and it says he blessed God. In other words, if you look at the rendering and the meaning of that in the Greek, it means that he was thanking God. He was worshiping God by thanking him and praising him for what he had seen and was now holding. Folks, Simeon's arms, he's holding the promised Messiah in his arms. Not only did he get to see God's salvation, he got to hold him in his arms. Think about that. Oh, the really cool thing for us as believers if Simeon might have held him in his arms, you and I get to hold Jesus Christ in our hearts. Oh, we ought to worship him. It's a time. It's a time for worship him. Flip backwards. I want you to see this. Flip backwards to Matthew chapter 2. In Matthew chapter 2, we read that the wise men are traveling from the east. And they've been on a long journey. And regardless of what the little manger scene says, here before me. This is a little inaccurate. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to set up the manger scene at our house, and I did the other night. And I said, I feel like I need to put the, the, the wise men uh, over on the dining room table. Like somewhere other in the other part of the house. Like, why are they over there? They're still two years away. <laughs> They're slowly moving. They're slowly moving. You know, I have this picture of Jesus out in the yard playing soccer or something. Uh, can we talk to you for a minute, Jesus? But nevertheless, after a long journey, look at verse 11. Because we read that when the wise men were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. What was their immediate response? They fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Folks, the point that I'm trying to make is that we should make this Christmas the most wonderful time of the year by taking time to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
it will only be the most wonderful time of year for you if you take time to worship Jesus, right? I'm guessing millions of people all around the world in some form or fashion this year. And I'm guessing this because I see them uh, in the shopping centers. I see them traversing about. I'm guessing millions of people all around the world in some form or fashion will make or take time, so to speak, to celebrate the holiday season, but they will not stop to worship the Christ of Christmas. Folks, may God help us to rekindle our excitement, our passion, and our joy during this most wonderful time of year, not for something that can be purchased, but for the one who purchased it all on the cross of Calvary, the one who purchased my forgiveness, the one who purchased your forgiveness, the one who has given all good gifts from above. Oh, listen, Christmas time is a time to worship. It's a time to praise. It's a time to rejoice and glorify God for the unspeakable gift that he has given to us. In fact, do you know that the root word for worship actually means to ascribe worth to something or someone? And so there's two primary words that are used, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. But essentially both of them mean to show respect or to honor a superior. And so when we worship, we are honoring a superior. Just as the wise men, look at here, look at our verse again in verse number 11. Just as the wise men fell down and worshipped Jesus, you and I are reminded that in worship we should assume, as they say in the military, assume the position. But our position that we're to assume should be done in humility. It should be done in gratitude, in submission to God. I want to show you a list on the screen. This is a list of, uh, it's not an exhaustive list, by the way, to be sure. It's not an exhaustive list. But maybe it'll provide us with some direction uh, when it comes to understanding worship during this uh, most wonderful time of year. And if you notice, I I just put some thoughts down there for you. Worship is acknowledging God is God. Amen? It's taking time to acknowledge God is God. Worship is focusing our attention on God. Set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth, right? And, uh, and so take time to do that. Number three, I put down there, worship is expressing our affection to God by giving him praise for who he is and what he has done in our lives. And the idea there is, folks, that we ought to take time privately, but we also ought to take time publicly to express how thankful we are for what God has done for us. We ought to take time to ascribe worth and honor and glory to God for all that he's done. Look at number four. Worship is patiently anticipating or waiting for what God will do. Isaiah talks about waiting all throughout the book of Isaiah. That waiting is a process of our worship. Be still and know I am God, the psalmist says. Uh, Number five, worship is exercising our abilities for God. In In other words, giving God what he rightly deserves and nothing less. That means using our gifts and our abilities for the Lord. That means using our influence for the Lord. That means using some of our time for the Lord. He's not asking for all of it. He's asking for us to use what we have, right? And then also to use our resources for the Lord. And here's what I put. I just put myself a note. Do you know that how we use all of our abilities and resources and on and on and on is a huge indication. It's a huge indication of how much we actually love someone in this life. And it's also a huge indication of how much we love God. 
as well. And so it's the most wonderful time of year. But the crazy thing to me is that how many people spend so much time worshiping just about everything under the sun except for the Christ of Christmas. For instance, as quickly as I can close this service, say amen, uh, you can get lunch and get home, many people will be worshiping the mighty pigskin on the TV today. Right? They'll be worshiping hours, and, and listen, that's okay, be worshiping hour upon hour, the mighty pigskin. And to be sure, most of the time, whenever, it's been my experience, when I worship the little pigskin, I get loud. I get loud in excitement. This year has been getting loud with a lot of frustration, as the three and nine record uh, tells. But, hey, I heard that there's a chance we might still win the division. We're just waiting for the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Giants to keep losing, and who knows, man, amazing. Coach gets fired, and we win the division with a 7-9 and nine record. Wow. Others will choose to worship the couch today so that they can find a bit of rest. I, I, I know a little bit about this. And again, most of the time when somebody worships the couch on a Sunday afternoon, they get loud when they do it. You know what I'm talking about. I'm familiar with this. I hear it most Sundays in the afternoon coming from out of my left ear. It sounds a little something like this. Let me see if I can mimic it. We get loud. Do you know that there'll be some people, maybe it's not you, and I, listen, I don't want to step on any toes. There'll be some people that will go into the almighty shopping center today. Because Sunday is the only day I have to shop. And they will get loud over Kohl's cash. They will get loud over all the sales that they can find. They get very verbal about that kind of worship. And by the way, let me give you a little disclaimer. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with watching football, with lounging on the couch, with saving a few dollars in the store. But I put down in my notes, when we become more passionate about worshiping things, than we do worshiping the good God of this universe. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. It's the most wonderful time of year because it's a time that we're able to worship. Listen, as we begin to wrap up, I want you to see this. Uh, number three, if you'll show up the list again, I only want to point out one thing on one, one point on this, and that's number three, where it says worship is expressing our affection by giving him praise for who he is and for what he has done in our lives. In every biblical text that I shared this morning, and I did it on purpose, other than John, the unborn baby of Zacharias and Elizabeth, who could not speak but jumped for joy in worship, every one of them did so, watch this, verbally. Everyone worshiped God verbally. Mary worships God verbally. That's what Mary did. That's what the angels, the army of angels, the multitude of heavenly hosts, they came down and they worshiped God verbally. That's what the shepherds did. They were glorifying and praising God. That's what Simeon did while he was in the temple. And yes, that's exactly what the wise men did a couple of years later when they came and they fell down and they worshiped him. Folks, giving God praise, and this is going to rub the fur the wrong way for some of us, giving God the praise that he deserves involves using words. So, let's suppose, where's Trevor? Where's my man Trevor? 
Let's suppose, Trevor, you're not down front, but I'm going to pick on you anyway. Let's suppose Trevor has a great game playing basketball. And I'm there to see the excitement, and he's lit it up. He's just had the game of his life, and I watch him play basketball, and after the game, I'm excited that he had a great game, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited inside, but I just come to the side of the court, and I just look at him. Or I, or I strike that pose. First of all, he and everybody else would say, Bro, what is wrong with you? That's a little awkward. Why don't, you, why, don't, why don't you say something? What are you doing? I'm just praising Trevor. Well, he doesn't hear you. Shane and Abby probably come over to me and say, Pastor, are you okay? You look a little off tonight. Uh, what's, I'm just praising Trevor. He had a great game on the court tonight. Well, then why don't you get over there and tell him? Uh-oh. So I go over and I say, man, Trevor, way to go, man, way to play. Good defense, way to go. I, I like that little spin layup. That was awesome. We do that not only with our children. We do that with sports figures. We do that with, with people on Broadway, people in plays and television and movies. And we get excited and we praise them for all of their works. And yet we come to the house of the living God. And we sing songs about open up the heavens at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, in Christ alone. Well, I didn't like those songs because you didn't sing hymn, four number, uh, hymn number 436, which is a Christmas song, by the way. And it's Christmas time, so you didn't sing the hymn I wanted to sing today. It makes no difference in the world. Because do you know that when the angels of heaven descended, it wasn't about the song they sang. It was about the Savior they were praising. In fact, in fact, it doesn't even say they sang. It says they said. It says they said. Christmas is the most wonderful time in the world. Most wonderful time of the year, excuse me, because it's a time to worship. And sadly, more Americans than not will likely celebrate Christmas as if it's simply some form of gift exchange without ever mentioning the name of Jesus. But folks, if we remove Jesus from the picture, there is nothing, absolutely nothing to celebrate. It's like my predecessor and my mentor said, it's his birthday, not yours. As we rejoice during this most wonderful time of year, may we do it as the psalmist said in Psalm 145, in verse number 5. He said, speak of the glorious honor of our God's majesty and of his wondrous works, right? And then all throughout the psalms, I couldn't list one, so I just said all through the psalms, it says, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Look with me as I close. Look over at Luke chapter 19. I want you to see this. Because I've already proved to you that an unborn baby was jumping for joy over an unborn baby. We've talked about Mary worshiping. We've talked about the army of angels, the shepherds. We've talked about Simeon. We've talked about the wise men. But let's go because that was before Jesus was born. But I want you to see something. Now we go to Luke chapter 19. And if you know what's taking place, Jesus is making his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And why is he coming to Jerusalem? To die. Watch what takes place. Look down in verse 37. 
Look down with me. Verse 37 and 38. The Bible tells us that when he, Jesus, was come nigh, and even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples, we're not just talking about 12 dudes following him, we're talking about the whole multitudes who are there with the palm branches saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And they're praising God again with their voices. Notice what takes place. They began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. It doesn't say with a whisper. It says with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Saying, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Notice the praise of these followers was loud. They didn't whisper it. They weren't embarrassed by it. They were loud enough for someone else to hear. This is going to hurt. What about us? Was our praise this morning loud? Or was our praise a whisper? Were we bold in our praise today? Or maybe we were a little embarrassed to sing. Oh, my friends, at some point the worship, I, I, I know what you're thinking. A lot of people say, well, pastor, you just don't know me. I'm a quiet person. I'm an introvert, and I worship the Lord differently than you do. You're just really loud. Well, first of all, that shows that you really don't know me because after I leave the pulpit, my wife will tell you I don't say a lot. I say a lot when I'm teaching or preaching. When I'm at home, she'll tell you I'm like as quiet as a church mouse. Well, I have the worship of Jesus on the inside. Folks, at some point, the worship you have on the inside ought to burst out on the outside through your verbal praise. And man, why not do it here? I'm not going to be upset if you worship Jesus loudly. It actually helps me because I have hearing aids. If you're whispering, I'm like, well, did y'all say something? Right? We ought to worship him and be excited. But here's the thing. Look at verse 39 because I didn't read. Here's, here's verse 39. It's amazing. In this passage, we actually read that, you know, the detractors, the Pharisees are there. And so the Pharisees are following along. And look at what happens in verse 39. Verse 39, the Pharisees heard the praise of the people for Jesus, and they were not too happy about it. Notice what they instruct Jesus. They instruct Jesus by saying these words, Master, rebuke thy disciples. The Pharisees tell Jesus, hey, hey, how about you tell those people to shut up? That's my paraphrase. But praise the Lord. Look at verse 40. Look at Jesus' response. He responds and he says, I tell you that if these, if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. What Jesus was saying is one way or another, somebody's going to be singing out in praise to me. You say, well, that's kind of a haughty spirit. He's God. Well, that's kind of selfish. He wants everybody to praise him. He's the one that deserves it. He says, if, if these people, if, if you Pharisees are upset because these people are crying out to me, you should hear how the rocks praise me. Because if I tell these people to shut up, all of creation will start praising me. I don't know about you, but that gives me them those Christian goosebumps. I get little Christian goosebumps. I'm like, wee, wee, all over me. Right? Jesus wasn't born and Jesus didn't die for rocks. 
Jesus wasn't born and he didn't die for angels. Jesus Christ was born. And he went to an old rugged cross and died on the cross for me and for you. That's why it's the most wonderful time of the year because it's a time to worship. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ain't heard that in a long time. I hope you were clapping for Jesus because the psalmist says it like this, and I love this. My wife, I told my wife, I said, I'll close them with this verse. In Psalm 107, verse 8, I love this verse because the Bible says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works of the children of men. Now, I want you to focus in on one word, and it's the word would. Notice the psalmist didn't say, oh, that men could. It says, oh, that men would. Oh, that men would take the opportunity to open up their mouths, that women would take the opportunity to open up their mouths and worship me through verbal praise. Oh, man. I got to cut off. I got excited. It's 12.01. I'm sorry. I got excited. It's the most wonderful time of year because it's a time to worship. And if you're here today and you've called out upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of sin, man, let me just tell you, first of all, shame, 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 shame on all of us for not praising the way we should. But if you're here this morning, young person, middle-aged, senior saint, it doesn't matter what age you are, what your background is, what your economical situation is, if you have never called out upon the name of the Lord, the reason it's the most wonderful time of year is because you can Right now, you can, quiet, you don't even need me, because I didn't do it. He did it, right? You can right there where you're at, from your heart, if you mean it. If you realize, man, I'm, I'm in trouble, I'm a sinner. I've never, ever trusted Christ with my life. I've never asked him to forgive me. Can I tell you the good news is that right now, the God of this universe is saying it is the most wonderful time of the year because it's a time to worship and I have given all things to you. All you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord and I will forgive you. I will come into your life and I will change you from the inside out. This world will sell you on a false bill of goods. They will tell you that you need to change the way you look. They'll tell you the way you need to change your hairstyle or the way you dress. You need to change what you eat. You need to change where you go and all these things. But Jesus says you need to change your heart. And so you're here this morning, and you've never done that. Then why not just call out on him right now, right now. In fact, if I could, just have every head bowed, every head bowed. Christians, I'm asking you to pray, because there might be somebody in this room that's never trusted Christ. What a shame it would be for us to leave, to talk about the most wonderful time of the year, the time to worship him, and never have the opportunity to place our faith in Christ. And so if you're here and you say, Pastor, that's me. I've never, I've never done that, but I want to do that. I don't know how to do that. Can I tell you, it's simple. It's really simple. God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to this earth, right? To die for your sins. And if you understand that you need Christ in your life, and you believe that Jesus Christ is God of very God, that he died on the cross to pay that penalty for your sin, I want to encourage you right now, just ask him to forgive you. Just ask him, say, Lord, forgive me. Come into my life. I don't, I don't understand it all, but Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I know enough to know that I need you as the 
Savior of my life. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my heart and to begin to change me from the inside out so that I might understand, as well as others, that it is the most wonderful time of year, a time that I can worship you and praise you for doing this. Lord, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for coming into my heart. Now listen, if you pray a prayer like that, it's not about the words, but it's about the desire of your heart and believing that God is hearing your prayer. Can I tell you, when we pray, He hears. And He not only hears, He answers. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.